When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody. You join us here on a on a bright it's a bright day today. The sun is beaming in through the window. Lovely, lovely. But it's uh, it's easy to think that everything's all right with the world when we are just about to hit more restrictions read the covid um and it's a it's a it's a mad old time isn't it you just you don't feel like you make any plans cuz things change on such a daily basis and it, it, and i get it i get it we're just you know it's we're trying to keep each other alive and we got to be we got to be careful out there but at the same time you know it's not good for the old noggin is it you know we've got this was it saturday it's we got we got uh, more restrictions. Was it the areas going into high alert restrictions this weekend? And they are London, Essex, Elmbridge in Surrey. Why only Elmbridge in Surrey? Why not? Why not all of Surrey? Just one specific place. So Elmbridge. I don't know what you're doing in Elmbridge, but you, you're in high alert now, people. Um, Barrow in Furness in Cumbria. Oh, that's oh, blimey. That's, that's it's just odd places, isn't it? York. No, uh, northeast Derbyshire, not all of Derbyshire, it's just the northeast of it. Chesterfield and Earwash. Oh, I've got Earwash as well in Derbyshire. So shout out to anybody in those areas. I'm feeling you. I'm really sorry that this is happening. I don't know what we're going to do. We've got to stop licking each other and touching each other. Wear those masks. I know we get a load of people saying they don't do nothing, but at least they're doing something, aren't they? If nothing but to show respect to our fellow man. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny one. There's a lot. It's a lot to take on board, isn't it, all this? And, uh, oh, a shout-out as well to Rachel Wells. Uh, Wellsy, I uh, saw your videos the other day of your roof coming in, and it uh, it stressed me out, mate. I'm not going to lie. I saw that happening, and it was the the water running towards the fuse box that uh, through the ceiling that was quite the worry. But uh, you seem to have got your head around that, and, and you've, you've, you've sorted that out, so well done. That was quite the uh, quite the old uh, the, the, uh, internet <laughs> content going on. So big shout out to you, mate. Hope you're all right. Um, I'm waffling. Let's get on with the show. This week's guest is a comedian, rapper, um, uh, Joe Jacobs. And Joe, I've known for a few years. We've worked together a few times. Um, a lovely guy. I've wanted to get on for a while. And uh, we just thought, fuck it, let's do it. So he came on the show. We had a lovely chat. Um, we covered a lot of ground. He's a, he's a lovely guy, very intelligent, very open. It was really cool, as all the as all the uh, the guests always are. They're always great when they come on. And uh, Joe was no exception. Absolutely brilliant to have him on. So let's get on with it. Coming up in a little while, Joe Jacobs. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Joe. Hello. Hello, mate. I am... Um... <laughs> I'm glad I did this just before. What I do, I always like to like sort of look it out, look up the guests and see if there's anything I can find out about them. So I googled you, and yeah. you've probably had this before, but stop me if not. Um, I, I, it came up right, Joe Jacobs, and it went. You've been in Holby City, you've been in the right, Bill, right. and all this stuff came up. Your pictures at the top, and I'm looking down at you, and he is the he's the um, his father is Clark Peters, yeah. who was in the Wire. And yeah, I'm like, that's my yeah, dad. And, I'm like, and I'm like, what, what, what's this? And then, uh, and I showed Jay, she's like, no, that can't be right. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. My dad's <laughs> Clark Peters. Um, big up my dad. He's, he's, I think he helped me a lot in this industry, obviously with his work that he did and the people know him for the wire, but he, he's a really respected actor in his own right and other, all sorts of other projects. And it helped yeah, you up he, the ladder, mate, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he got me on Holby, which was a nice little. It was. It was a good. No, I'm fucking around. Um, <laughs> but you know what's funny about that, right? I met Clark Peters, who I love. Yeah, of course. He's a dude. Love him. I met him at the. I met him at Edinburgh Fringe, one year, and I had a picture with him, and that was my profile picture like years ago. And the other Joe Jacobs got in touch with me on Facebook and said, uh, "He said that's my dad." Huh. I'm Joe. I'm a Joe. I'm a Joseph Jacobs too. See you Man, later. That's madness. Madness. And so yeah. when it popped up, it really, really winds him up. But Jade said that's that can't be true. And I'm like, well, that's Joe's picture there at the top. And uh, I, yeah, that just goes to show I should not be allowed anywhere near the internet, Joe. Well, it just goes to show I'm sort of at a level in my career where these sort of admin errors. Uh, are allowed to take place and no one really cares or notices. <laughs> no one says anything. Oh, yeah, that must be, yeah, fine. Just leave it. It doesn't matter. How you been anyway, Joe? You well? I haven't spoken to you for a while. I'm good, man. I had a really good week. I got signed. That's nice. I saw that. We've got the same agent. Yeah. Well, they like any good? They are, actually, mate. Yeah. We have not... this conversation off there. Yeah, let's not do it on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they're I'm very playing, I'm yeah. I know. I know they're good. good people. Good I know people. they're good. Um, yeah, man, it was yeah. it, that was that was a really nice day because I tell you what, 
I've been I've had some ups and downs doing this game the last decade. Yeah, of course. That was a day when everything went well. Nice. I mean, there's a pandemic and everything, but that was a good day. I turned my phone off. I just walked about for a bit. Good vibes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing with this industry, and this com- we've talked about this a lot on here. It's it you. I mean, it's the same with all the, any sort of like the uh, acting and things like that. You do get a lot of knockbacks, and there's a lot of having to kind of pick yourself up and dust yourself off constantly because you know you really want to do it. Yeah. You really want to do this, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a it's. It's, it's the knockbacks that, that will do you. So when something nice yeah. like that happens, it's a fucking, what a day, isn't it? What a day. Oh, man, beautiful. And the yeah. knockbacks, uh, they're absolutely savage and heartrending, but really, in the big scheme of things, very irrelevant. Like when I talk to friends about it, when I'm really down, they kind of put, put me back in perspective because it's like always silly things, really. But in the, in the moment, they're very, very, very powerful. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I've, you know, I've done jobs. I've not been in, I've not been in this industry. I was in, I've been in it for like sort of 15 years or so. Uh, so before that I had other jobs and those jobs, it, it makes you realize that doing this is kind of a, it's a privilege, isn't it? You know, and we you know, it's, absolutely. It's, you know, it's brutal. Yes. It's emotionally, it, it, you get a bit of a kick in, but you're still, it's still a privilege to be able to do it. And that's what sort of keeps me going. I'm Definitely. like, oh, I'm not, I'm not driving. And no disrespect to people that drive vans and things like that. It's just, I've done that and I know how hard it is. And so yeah. I know that, I know that I'm not doing that anymore. So no, yeah. And, I, you know, and if just, comedy was easy, everyone would do it. So you've got to imagine. expect it to be horrific. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, it, and I also think that many other jobs are as brutal as comedy. Anyway, I used to be in retail and hospitality. Like I was a waiter once upon a time. I was the worst waiter you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and I couldn't do that job. I couldn't stick to that job. That's crazy. Yeah. I had flat feet, man. I was in agony. <laughs> I was miserable. Just hated it. Where were you? Where were you a waiter? Was it in a, a fancy I was a, restaurant? No, no, not even. I was a waiter when I lived in Leeds for a year. I was a waiter in a hotel restaurant like near my house. It was absolutely horrible. Yeah. I was so bad as well. I don't know why he gave me the job, but <laughs> it was one of them times when I really needed the work. I really needed the money. I didn't really have much going on. I wasn't doing comedy. I was trying to be a rapper in Leeds of all places. He's <laughs> <laughs> known for its for its uh, its rapping and its hip hop and. Well, uh, to be fair, there's a good there's a good Leeds scene. To be fair, is it Leeds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Leeds. I've no disrespect to Leeds whatsoever. No, no, I love there's Leeds, a good man. good rap scene in Leeds. Good artists up in Leeds. Big star. A lot a lot of talent in the north. Full stop. Yes, but yeah, uh, I wasn't one of the the talented people back then. So I was working in uh, a restaurant, and I, I was yeah, man, it's bad, real bad. <laughs> I mean, I only know you through through comedy, and the if anyone ever said to me, uh, Joe used to be a waiter, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding? Man, I'd done all kinds of jobs, <laughs> all kinds of jobs. I delivered pizza for Domino's up in Leeds as well. That was that was actually all right. I quite like that. Until... But it teaches you. It teaches you how to teach you about life, doesn't it? Doing a proper job, you know, doing that. I think it, it makes you real. Like I say, it goes back to the, like, making it makes us realize how lucky we are doing what we do now. Definitely, and I think it gives you. I think it, I think it gives you a lot of uh, what's the word? Emotional intelligence. I think so. Yeah. If you if you haven't worked a, like a kind of tough, low paying job, I don't really respect you. <laughs> and I think it's true though. And I think it shows like, you know, people who are disrespectful to 
like staff at a restaurant or something, mm. you know that they're probably not worth your time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember being in Dubai and one of the people I was with was giving shit to the staff there. And you're like, one, they speak at, at least as far as I can work out, they speak one more language than you do. So these people are far more intelligent than you are. So, so they're doing this job because they have to do it, I imagine. They don't want to do it, really. And you're giving them shit because they haven't got you any ketchup, you bell end. It's disgraceful. Absolutely and like, disgraceful. And the people, you know, the people in restaurants that really love doing what they do, like I admire them so much. Mm. You know, someone who gets on their knees to tell you about these specials. <laughs> One of them guys. Like yeah, I could never yeah, give yeah. a shit about what you're eating that much. <laughs> I wanted you to leave. I hated it. I hated it. I had to do the breakfast buffet at the hotel restaurant. It was awful. Oh, you God. Know? Just keep restocking it. Oh, God. Burning my hands. No one cares. Just running around. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. What about, the, what about the dominoes? How long did you last doing dominoes? I didn't last long doing dominoes. I didn't last long doing dominoes. It was, it was only a few months, but I tell you what, it was all right, man, because I used to just drive around i was smoking weed and listening to ludicrous and like it was all right i had a great time and then one day i had to deliver a pizza to my oldest friend's brother's student house mm. and then my world came crushing down you know i had the hat on and everything it was very oh shit very depressing <laughs> did they give you some stick they give you some stick mate they didn't even give me a tip so <laughs> They didn't give me stick. They was just shocked. It was like, uh, didn't I see oh. you like a couple months ago in London? You were the photographer at my 21st birthday. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Times are tough. I was going to pretend to be Polish, sort of throw them off, but I just bored no, it. Too late. It's too late by then. But like you say, it, it, it keeps, like you say, it teaches you things if you, if you start off in that respect doing, because I used to, my first job was cleaning cement mixers with an angle grinder. Yeah, when man. I was 15 years old, I used to work for a place called Hire Easy. So, you know, ten pound a ten pound a day I used to get. That's how far away that was. I was 15, ten pound a day. Bet you that, loved taught, it. that taught you a thing or two, mate. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, did a, I did some painting, decorating. I done all kinds of stuff. I love it. Give, yeah, gives you nothing wrong with a bit of graft, man. No, These days, everything I do is all digital. My hands are. Very uh, soft and supple. I need to <laughs> go out in a mine or something. Dirty some them up perspective. a bit. <laughs> you need to get out there and, yeah, get your hands dirty. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, survive in a mine. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I always, when this happened, when the shit went down with this lockdown and everything, and I was like, well, I'll just get a job doing something else. I just couldn't, one, I couldn't find one because everybody was getting new jobs, but I'm like, oh, I, don't know, I, don't know if I don't know if I could do that anymore. I don't know if I could dig holes in the floor and, I just don't think I'm cut out for it. I think I've yeah, had too. Yeah. I've had too much of a cushy, cushy life. Oh, me too. I had to. Things. I had to. I thought. I don't know about you, but I just thought comedy really was over, and it was nice while it lasted. And now it's kind of time to get on the arm and fight for shopping. <laughs> it's like the apocalypse. That's what I thought. Genuinely I a, thought. I had a moment like that when I was coming in with shopping, and I think I'd watch something like Mad Max or some shit like that. So I was like, we better shut the blinds while we put your shopping away in case anyone can see what we've got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the beginning of the lockdown, when you were in the supermarket, that, those vibes were terrifying, you know. Yeah. Like they, they had all the the speakers on, you know, saying, one item per customer, please. Yeah, it was really yeah, apocalyptic yeah. vibes. Everyone in masks, shouting at each other to keep away. Oh, man, the music as well. I remember saying this at the beginning on one of these episodes about the music was still playing. So I'm walking yeah. around this empty supermarket with 
broken people trying to find whatever they can find amongst what was left. But still, <laughs> but still, like this joyous like pop music playing, man. And you're like, oh my god, it was really something yeah. else. And you just go, shit. You don't realise how quickly society could crumble. I know, but unfortunately for us, we were in uh, England and we we got. I mean, I hate to say it, but a mostly we've got a dangerously thick population that don't really appreciate each other as much as they should. Absolutely. That doesn't help. No. I was in uh, Spain for a week during all this stuff and everyone was shouting at me when I was on the pavement with my mask not on properly. Yeah, know? right. And then I come back to London. I'm on the train, which is an actual Petri dish. People <laughs> aren't wearing masks. and Anyway. Oh, no, you're people... right, man. Yeah, I think but, it's because we just had too much and took it for granted. And now when there's a little opportunity to have some collective spirit or whatever, most people, they don't really want to do it. <laughs> no. Well, this is why I love doing this podcast because we're building up quite a community and I get messages from people all the time and we, we, we have chats here and there. And, and it's really nice to know that there's other people out there that kind of, that actually do give a shit because you can get caught up in all the bollocks. Yeah. You know, and and start thinking everybody's being selfish and everybody's being a twat. But the people that listen to this, you know, and big shout out to all of you for listening to this. They are they are wonderful people, and it I really bet they are. makes my heart sing. Joe makes my heart sing, mate. No, for real. I know some good people. I got some good people during all this that helped me out. Like even comics. You know, I was keeping, yeah. I was checking in with comics, and there's a certain comic I won't name him, but. Um, we were having a chat, catching up, and he was like offering me money if I needed it, which Amazing. I didn't. But he just threw it out there, and I'm like, "Wow!" I, you know, what I'm a classy gonna, guy. There are. Do you know what? That's the majority of our industry. There's a lot of people, a lot of comedians that are out there for each other. They will look out for you. I'll name his name, Math Brown. Math Brown. We just at the beginning of the thing. It, I've been friends with Math since I was an open spot. We he we just hit it off, and he's been really good to me over the years. He just went. We were just chatting. And he went, "How are you?" I went, "Yeah, I'm good." And he put 100 quid in my bank. He just went, there's 100 quid wow. in your bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. And he went, I don't want it back. I just want to make sure you're all right for a bit. And that I will never forget. So, Math, if you're listening, nice one, brother. And it's All right, well, I'm going to name this guy then. Go on. Fuck it. It was Kane Brown, the G. Ah, oh, mate, I love Kane Brown. Love my, Kane Brown. That's my guy. What a, he's what a, he's what the classiest him, dude ever. Love yeah, him. Yeah, I love Kane Brown. He's just, he's he's a guy. When I first started in comedy, I used to run a night, and I wasn't very good at it. I was a terrible promoter, and I was never good at never very good at booking. Um, and so it was always last minute, and I always ring. I said, "Get hold of Kane Brown, Marlon, Prince Abdi, and all them." Go look. Can you come down and do my gig? And they'd come down every other week or every week. They went, "Yeah, yeah, we'll come down," because we're all. It was fucking great. Lovely bunch of lads. Kane's the man. Kane's the yeah, best. Yeah, he's a lovely man. He's classy, man. I've seen him do so much uh, so much kindness at yeah. shows. I've seen him like pay for people's cabs home and all sorts. He's just a, he's just a class act. Yeah, Not he enough is. of them. No, exactly. He's a really lovely bloke. He's a really lovely bloke. You're, right, so we were talking about, you were talking about the rap, rapping. Have you always been a fan of hip hop? When, when did this start, Joe? When did it start? I was trying to be a garage MC when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, there was a weird time to be a garage MC because I'm not from any kind of rough streets or anything. And we were actually getting mugged a lot of the time. So it was like the right. antithesis of, <laughs> yeah. of being, uh, you know, an MC with a lot to brag about. But I still loved the music and I wanted to be involved, but garage was kind of in full swing. So 
I don't really have a place in it. I mm. gave it a try with uh, mixed results. And then, um, yeah, I just started writing hip hop around, when was it? 2006, really. 2007, I was trying to make rap. And like I said, I moved to Leeds and tried to continue it with a, with a producer up there. Mm. Who was, I'm still working with. We still make tunes together. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So where did you grow up then, Joe? I grew up in uh, a place called Boreham Wood. I know, yeah. And uh, yeah, I grew up around there with my mum. And then I lived with my dad. Parents are separated. I lived with my dad for about three years. He lived sort of in the countryside-ish area. Mm. Chesham. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed there for three years. That wasn't very nice. I love my dad, but he, he married a fucking idiot. Oh shit! Oh, that's <laughs> he's in the he's in the middle of a horrific divorce. Oh god! Yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's real it's... bad around these parts, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. tricky isn't it? when a, when you when a parent. I mean, I haven't experienced this, but I know other people that have. When they when they your parents marry someone that you just don't get get on with, you know, and you you know, like you say, you love your dad, but this other person now, and they and their loyalty split as well, I guess, because they love her and. It's your, you know, they're your yeah, son. She's, and... she's, she's, uh, man, I don't know how else to say it. The woman's a cunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, really, I was trying to be a bit, she's put us through a lot. She put us through hell. And I, um, and when it was all, when they were together, it was kind mm. of weird because my dad, and he basically said to me, look, you're out the house. You're doing what you do. This is my life. I've got two daughters with this woman. I'm married to her. I've got to make this work. I've got to put, this relationship ahead of everything, even you, which he shouldn't have done. I've, you know, I've since mm. realized he should have just been straight with her and said, look, my son is my son. He's got yeah, to be yeah, yeah. a part of my life and all that. But yeah, the signs were there and chickens come home to roost. And now, unfortunately, we're all sort of paying the price. Oh, shit, mate. I'm sorry to hear that. That's, That's all right. It's a tricky one. Cause like with my sons and, ex-partners of mine and there's been there's been you know what they haven't really they haven't really seen eye to eye and <clears throat> but you have to say look these are yeah it's my sons these are my boys and they will come first and yes. that's, that's how it is you know it's pretty basic stuff but like it should have been a warning sign to him when she's having issues with me like yeah her her husband's or partner's son and is uh, I might have got a sister as well, and she had issues with both of us, and we were banned from the house. Very, we didn't see him very often. It's all oh, very shit, controlled. Man. She's just like a narcissistic personality. Mm. Oh my god! How did you yeah. find that? How did you? How did you handle that? It's fucking horrible. Yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still dealing with it to this day. Like I had, I got into a couple of years ago. I'd say about when was it? Like f- maybe three, four years ago. I, s- I ended up. I saw a therapist mm. off the back of, I think I was like just drinking, doing drugs, just partying too much. And it was all reaching ahead. And I saw um, a therapist who kind of set me straight, got me medicated correctly. And then I started unpacking all this shit and it still definitely has affected, it affects how I am with relationships, professionally, mm. everything. And how, yeah. you know, it would do. Oh, okay, really absolutely! Like trust issues, and like, especially when so, when it's someone that you know we we are when we, you know you're you you trust that it's your parents, so you trust them. Yeah, yeah. And to I've have got, that, I've got a family of, of fucking lunatics. I mean, I'm not going to put it all <laughs> on my stepmother. No, I've got big drug addicts in my family. My uncle's like 
fucking off his nut. Fuck knows where he is. My uncle's suing my dad at the moment. Oh, my God. Fucking <laughs> hell, man. It's all kicking off, bro. <laughs> it's all kicking off. And my poor old man, he, you know, he should be retiring, and he's really having the biggest fight of his life. And I wish I could... Uh, I wish I could do more for him. I wish I was loaded. I could get him out of all this. Mm. But I have to kind of just support him how I can. Oh, shit, man. But what do you do for respite? Do you, do you have an outlet for it? Do you, have you still, are you still having counselling? No, I can't afford it. But no. uh, I would like to get back into it. It, it came at a, a really pivotal time. It's like in true Jewish style. I really waited until I could sort of maximise the efficiency of the sessions by being <laughs> at a complete emotional loss. So I was like really getting my money's worth, fucking giving a lot to work with. All the stereotypes. But yeah, yeah, I would like to go back, but I don't think I can at the moment. But it was very, it was complete. It was so invaluable. Little things she was telling me about myself that I never really stopped to consider. You know, like things like, uh, like I would do a gig and I'd come back at three in the morning and I'd, I'd I'd feel bad for sleeping in feel like yeah, a bum right. and she's like you're okay it's okay to just stay in you know you you have worked you've you've done an, you've done a long drive you've come yeah. back at three four in the morning why don't you you can sleep in it's about looking after yourself simple things like that that no one had really ever said it's funny <laughs> in it? my mind i just get up oh, i should be doing something anything yeah and just burn yourself out well, I think there's a lot of that happens in this industry. I know I've I've felt that as well, and I'd I'd feel terrible all day going. I've got to do, I need to be doing something. I need to be doing admin, or I need to be talking to someone, or I should be working or doing something. I just felt guilty between the hours of nine and five. Yeah, yeah. And then in the evening, I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't know. I don't have to worry about it now. It's the evening, and it's always the weekend. And but then I'd be really productive. So, you know. I stop beating myself up and go, no, I don't work those hours. This is when I work. Yeah. And, and, and if and even yeah. if you didn't want to work, you don't have to work. If you exactly. put, if you do what you need to do and you do what you you know, you pay what you gotta pay, you've got a roof over your head, keeping yeah. your people in your life happy, f- fuck it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's people that's the same for everyone everywhere, regardless of the industry they're in. I think we do have to give ourselves a break sometimes. There's too much pressure put on everybody to be to be a certain way and to achieve certain things and your life should be this. And if it's not that, then you're a, you're not a decent citizen and we exactly. just need to just fucking chill out, man. As long as everyone's happy and you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll speak to friends of mine who are very secure. They've got a good job, nice families, own their own home, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh man, I want that for me. I really want that for me. But the reality is that isn't for me. I'd fucking be miserable if I had that really. Yeah. 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 I, I don't had, have it too bad. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I had that. I had that kind of, and no disrespect to anyone that I've ever been in a relationship with, but I had that kind of normal life and I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It's like, you know, should we go to the garden center? I'm like, I, I can't face it. I literally can't. <laughs> and I've said that before on here. I know I have. And I'm not, again, no disrespect to anyone who's listening and likes garden centers. I think it's what it represents to me. A garden centers, all right. I can't they, handle it, man. I can't. Why gone, they I have aquariums know. and stuff. They're all right. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, I think, I think I'm petrified of being, I don't know what I'm petrified of. I don't know. Petrified don't know. of plants. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I saw the triffage too early. And now it's, it's the commitment me. thing, isn't it? It's the yeah, commitment. Probably. It's, 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 yeah. If you're in a garden centre, you commit, you commit into 
a tree which could live for a hundred years. I had the same thing. Another thing the therapist told me is like, I, um, I always live very, very minimal. Okay. Wherever I live, I never really felt like anywhere was truly home and I never really had too much stuff where I lived. And I've lived in these sort of property guardian places where, you know, you'd live in an old office block or, yeah, you know, a shack or somewhere. And I was in Soho for a time and this place was sparse as fuck. And I was asking her, I was like, why do I do that? Everywhere I go, I never really have too much. And she said, it's because you're worried you're going to go. Like you don't want to put your roots down somewhere. And that was pretty My. profound to hear as well. And you're she's like, right. Um, you're like Robert De Niro's character, Neil in Heat, when he said, you yeah. know, never have anything in your life that you can't walk away from in 30 seconds flat. Exactly. You know what's funny? I actually watched Heat for the first time like a month ago. Was that Jade? It's great, yeah, Jade. <laughs> it's a film. It's in a film, Jade. Yeah, but you said that with such vitriol, like you think... You can't hear the conversation. You're heckling half a conversation. <laughs> I'm talking to my hey, friend. Yeah, she says, hey, Joe. Hey, Jade, what's up? He says, hey, what's up? Yeah, um, I just, I yeah, just watched on, Heat for the yeah, first time. I love it. It's one of my favourite films. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. She got a great ass. <laughs> other than that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The music yeah, other, than, cool. other than that bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favourite bit. The music's great. I love how it looks really fresh, and yet it's so long ago. What I love is the, the scene when they're walking down the street and they're just firing at the police with these fucking huge weapons. Mm. But there's no dramatic music over the top. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Just the, the, it, all that, it's just the, the, the drama of the scene is what they're relying on, and I love that. Yeah, I read about um, what was involved in that. Apparently the director kind of went for a different approach and he had lots of microphones around the set to make it sort of like like modern warfare rather than like after effects uh, on the guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a really, really good film. I love that. It's based, that bit is actually based on a true life thing that, that, out that shootout. Actually, there was some guys in real life did that. So, really? yeah. Anyway, we're going off topic a little bit. Um, so yeah, is that this, what, isn't, so, this isn't quite good vibes for the old podcast <laughs> saying, just grab a gun. Grab a gun and shoot down shoot the street. <laughs> don't do that, listeners. Absolutely don't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm non-violent. I wouldn't. I'm not robbing any banks. I like. The I film. do know. I I've always wondered. Oh, you couldn't do it now. The technology. Is, is yeah. Too, you know. Is, you're not. I have considered crime. I would like to do one big crime, but you can't do a big crime these days. You just. Or get, do like a heist. Yeah. If like, I could yeah. do a heist, I'd do it. I couldn't sell drugs. I couldn't really do fraud properly. I'd be a terrible criminal because I'm yeah, not I'm good not, at admin no. and morally. <laughs> I would fold. I'm obsessed with true crime. I watch the interviews, though. I don't watch programs. I like watching police interrogations. Oh, yeah. I would fold in a minute. Oh, man. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd give it all up in an instant. I'd be terrible. Just, I can't lie. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I, even if I tried, I'd give it away. Like yeah. Jade, Jade says, I've got to tell. She knows when I'm lying. And uh, she won't tell me what that is. But I, yeah. I have one, too. I've just I, I got a girlfriend. She told me. Uh, what it is? It's um, I yawn, ah, <laughs> and I can't, and, I've, and now I'm aware of it. If she talks yeah. about something I don't want to talk about, I'll start the sentence. I'll do, oh. <laughs> and that's how she knows ah. now. That's how she knows. Yes, it's a tick giving me away. <laughs> Actually, Jay did tell me what one one of mine was, and she said if my my voice goes up. The, the the pitch changes when I'm lying. If she asks me something, I go, no, no, of course not. No, no, it's not true. You liar. <laughs> lying sack of shit. 
<laughs> and it's not normally, it's not because I'm trying to, I'm just, it's rather I'm trying to avoid an argument. Yeah. So rather than just be honest, I'll go, no, 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 it's fine. I really, yeah. I should just be honest, man. So you, so you, you've got a partner? Yeah, I got a new partner. Oh, Came yeah. out of a relationship of five years. Yeah. Everything's good. I mean, I don't want to, I can't talk about old nah. stuff, but I was, uh, my new girlfriend, she's uh, in recovery. Okay. And I've been out with people in the past who had issues mm. with addiction, drink, drugs, maybe. Yeah. So now it's actually cool to go with someone the complete opposite. <laughs> Who's exactly. got that shit together? <laughs> Coming out the other it's side. Quite, it's quite, it's quite refreshing. It's, it's quite not, refreshing. I, I got a mate. We were our neighbour actually, Bobby. He's a, he's a, he's in recovery, and I didn't realise when we first moved in, we met him, and he was he's, he's from the East End. He's quite. A, he's like, all right, Richie, you're up, mate. He's quite. A, he's an old school East End geezer, and I was talk about drinking and drugs and stuff like that and I'm like oh maybe we'll go out we're gonna have a pint and he went a bit weird he's like yeah 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 yeah, maybe yeah maybe and it worked so we got to know him he's like yeah he goes I, you know, I just he hadn't long been in recovery so it was still weird for him but it's 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 imp- I, it's so impressive when he tells you the stories about what he what he used to be like and what he's like now that strength that he found is incredible yeah man you know? for yeah real. I know a lot of people in my family who should be in recovery. Mm. I went I just, to meet. I went to meetings for recovery, not for myself. Like I had my stepmother's sister was an addict, and she took me to a meeting once, and I didn't even know why. And and uh, it was it was very bizarre. I think I must have been about I don't know how old it was like maybe nine, ten, maybe, yeah. maybe nah, maybe eleven. And she, um, I was staying with her. She was supposed to take me somewhere. It didn't happen. And then the next day, she goes, "I got to take you to my meeting." I'm like, "Cool." And I'm in a I'm in a NA meeting and then they're all going around doing all the, I don't know why I'm in it. They're all doing the, um, mm. I'm an addict thing. And then she says to me during her, like her share, she goes, I should have taken you to such and such yesterday, but I didn't, I was high on drugs. Oh I was my like, God. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I don't mind. It's cool. That's <laughs> all right. It was very bizarre. How did you cope with that? I mean, you're only 11. I think I was 11. Yeah. How did I cope with it? At the time I thought it was really bizarre. But yeah. okay, but now in hindsight, I realize, yeah, at least she was sort of working on sorting mm. her shit out. But other family members, like my uncle, were crazy. My uncle, my sister had addiction issues. My uncle, like he once came, like he's had problems with drugs. We don't see him or hear from him anymore, apart from the legal action. Right. <laughs> I hope yeah. he doesn't hear this. Maybe he'll sue me. Fuck it. <laughs> he once um, showed up at my house. He was barefoot, off his tits, and it was like the scene in Goodfellas, you know, when Henry Hill's running away from the helicopters. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like that, and he's like, "You got to take me back to my grandma's house." Was where he was staying. Like, I got bugs in me. I'm like, "Fuck me!" All right. What? And my grandma, um, yeah, when was this? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandma had just passed away, and my grandma was one of the most important people to me in my life. She just mm. passed, and. I was going to go to her house at some point when I'd collected myself to spend a bit of time in the environment, you know, her mm, home. Yeah. But my uncle had moved in and he'd gone off off the shits, man. And he came barefoot. He's like, you've got to take me back to the house. I've got bugs all on me, blah, blah, blah. Driving him back. He's just talking gibberish. I get to the house. He's um, 
jumped out of the, f- the first floor window in a oh panic. <laughs> then I go to, I have to climb up to get in. And he's like, be careful. There's lasers everywhere. I'm like, all right, all right. Oh, I'll watch out for the lasers. And I go in the house and unfortunately the whole place is fucking trash, man. He's trashed it. Oh. It's just a, it's a, it's a mess. Yeah. I had to let him in the front door there. Oh man. And so you, and it just, well, you, yeah, then you, you couldn't, you didn't have time to sort of get your head around your, your, your grandma not being there anymore. No, no, I couldn't, I couldn't just, just get on with it. And it was yeah. mad, like, yeah, and my relationship with drinking drugs is, like I'm sure anyone's is, it's very complex. I haven't done any drugs for like four years, but I think at that time I was sort of out with my friends on the weekend, getting fucked up. It was that sort of period of my life. And I'm in this, I'm in my grandma's house. And I remember I went to, as I'm looking around about to let him in, I'm like, I get to her bedroom, trashed as shit. And I remember there was like a rock of Coke on the, uh, what? on the table, on her table. Mm. And like part of me was like, hmm, that might be quite tasty for a little night out. <laughs> and then the other part was like, oh no, no, I need to, need to let my uncle in. Wow, <laughs> Try and man. sort the shit out. See, that just goes- I always had the guilt in my mind when I was partying and I needed to, and was, luckily for me, the thing that saved me really from going down that road more than anything was like comedy. Really, really it did because yeah, you right. can't, you can't be getting fucked up and partying like an idiot and doing no. comedy. It's, it they, just, be- they just don't mix. I mean, you can, but you won't achieve greatness and you won't really reach your potential if you do, I think. No, some people, you, yeah, yeah. There are some people who I've met in life who are able to just get absolutely trolleyed, still be the life and soul, don't feel a thing, hung over, but they move forward. But I was never like that. I was, it inhibited me. It made me kind of crazy. It's not for me. And I had friends who I fought with, like the party animals, the life and soul. And some of them are in recovery now. So you never really know with people. No. It's best to get off the train while it stops. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to leap from it while it's hurtling towards oblivion. Exactly. I, um, I don't know. What do yeah. you think? You think you can have be addicted to strong substances or have drink problems and really fulfil your potential comedically? I don't no, know. No, I don't think so. It used to be that you'd get one or two people that well, that's how they got, that's how they did it, you know? That's... Like Doug Stanhope talks about him, you know, he drinks and he and he, he doesn't do drugs so much, but he'd do whatever. And you know, Hunter S. Thompson, you know, was was on was on everything up until he killed himself. And it, I don't think maybe only some people. There may be something yeah. in that that he was on everything until he killed himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? it obviously, yeah, yeah, <laughs> something there. But it's that I think only only one or two people kind of harness it in a way that it, 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 they can ride it and it and it, it yeah. and it and it helps them it enhances yeah. what they're doing whereas i it, what, sure. i'm not i know what happens i'm really good at being pissed up to a point yeah and then i'll tip and when i tip i'm an asshole <laughs> and it's i don't even think the thing is i'm such an asshole i don't even think i am being an asshole i'm having fun it's the worst kind of asshole exactly i'm having fun and it'll be someone else will go rich calm down and that will that will give me the arm I go, what do you mean i'm having a good time i'm the life and soul of the party why are you telling me to stop and that's when i yeah so it's trying to get to that point we're having fun i'm fun to be around and then i have to stop before the arsehole turns up yeah yeah i really, I really was an arsehole but i mean i'm in my head a lot 
and these these things these substances and yeah they can play havoc with you and we're like what yeah. we do we have to be so self-aware at all times and there's How so much you? so much uh stuff going on in the news and all that other shit like if you're not mentally equipped to deal with it all it can take you man swallow you up so Absolutely. i was aware of that yeah. it took me long to, enough yeah. to fucking realize it well they do it does, but that's the thing is you know it does it takes i know i used to drink quite a bit early sort of early 2000s just before i just started comedy and i was drunk all the time i was working a job that i could just be pissed i was working in, in brick lane and i'm just pissed what were you at doing time i'm just selling t-shirts and we used to do festivals and you could do a festival off your nut Oh yeah, it's the best way to do it. Yeah, and so these I days I just, do when know. I do a festival now, I do my set and I just leave. There's no point sticking around now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink or get fucked up. That's the point. But I've tried to do it. I've tried to gig a couple of times, pissed, and it is not fun. It's not no, fun no, for no. them. It's not fun for. Oh, I can't remember what I'm doing. I'm slurring. I just look like an idiot. And I think things have changed now. People, people want a certain amount of professionalism from you. You know, I mean, you, there's yeah. acts that you might, they sort of pretend they've had a few, but they haven't really, you know, it's all part of the act. And yeah, you, you know, see that a know. lot in, in the rap world. That was something I did sort of material on as well. Mm. Like the fact that I think rap music is the sort of last bastion of men's mental health that needs to be addressed properly. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, cause it's basically pop music at this point, but there's so many backward things in it, like the drug taking, the misogyny, but with, with regards to the drug taking a lot of men in, in that world, they're so alpha male, they're probably dealing with untold pressure and stress, maybe from their lifestyles or the pressures of what they're doing. And they self-medicate, you know, they smoke a fuck ton of weed. They're doing all kinds of designer drugs, which are now popular, like lean, which is just basically heroin in a cup. Lean? Know, like, what is that? Is, lean, I've it's codeine. Had... I never did it. I always wanted to try it, but I never got lucky enough to try it. No. It's fucking deadly. It's not good. It's like codeine, codeine cough syrup. It was popular with uh, rappers from like South, deep South America. That's okay. how they like uh, codeine, pour it in a cup slip that shit it's a whole subculture of it really and lean yeah 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 like three six mafia and and then it and then it became mainstream in american rap talking about lean and then you got people like travis scott the new wave of rappers and they basically talk about doing drugs openly like coke md americans have just got hold of uh dizzle now and they're like over the moon with it we've been talking about it for years but they're like mm. that's their new thing molly and all these uh and all these things that they're talking about it's uh it's sold to young people as you know a way making of, uh, it yeah, and yeah, celebrating yeah. with very very dangerous drugs and it's all right for them to do it cuz they're selling an aspirational lifestyle but the average schmo on the street they might be sipping lean but they don't have fucking millions of dollars no. <laughs> they got they got to do their job and also the thing that i said is it's kind of um it's more catchier and more exciting. Like that's why there's a rap song that's hey, 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 smoke weed every day. And there mm. isn't one that's hey, 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 I'm clinically depressed. You know what I mean? That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. Selling it. That's what, because like really, unfortunately, I'm trying to do my bit to change this, but like 
mental health and men's mental health and rap it's not cool yet really to talk about it and that's really these, no and that's the change i mean we've started seeing sports personalities like ricky hatton and peter crouch and people like that they're coming out and saying you know they've struggled and tyson fury and yeah, and that's what needs to happen. And like you say, you, yeah, it hasn't started happening in the rap in the rap game. There's bits and pieces. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's so much better than it used to be. Mm. So much better, but still, there's still a way to go. I'm trying to do my bit. I did. I got a song coming out called Grimefulness, which is nice. a grime song about relaxation techniques. Oh, nice. Which would be pretty yeah. funny. That's quite a mashup. Yeah, but like. It's still authentic rhyme track, still funny, but like all the stuff is researched by me and stuff I've done, you know, so it's useful. Yeah. That kind of stuff. There's ways to be creative with it. And do you find that is you, that's your outlet, doing, putting, doing your music, making, creating music? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love writing. I love writing tunes. I love, uh, yeah, I just love writing and I'm glad I had, I found it. Some people don't find things for, for many years. Yeah, true, true. You've got a radio show as well, right? It's just a one-off, but yeah, yeah. I, I hope they make more. But it's only well, a one-off. That's cool, man. Well, that's just yeah, but that, that surely was Lily, fun it, to make. Yeah, was it good? Oh, yeah, so much fun. I mean, you know what it's like <laughs> making something that people are enjoying. It's cool. Mm, yeah, nice. And it's like I, I, I find music very therapeutic. That's I've said this before. I always get if I'm if I can if I can feel my stress levels rising, and I'm like, I need to, I need to just have a minute and just put my phone to one side. And I whack on an album that I know and love, that I know will just just give me a minute, just to just to level out a little while. And I've met people that don't like music, and it I, it baffles me. How many really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not many, that. not many. But I've met I don't a couple like of people. Music. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, that's. I mean, I get it if you say you don't like football or you don't like or you don't like chocolate or something, but yeah, to say mental. you don't like music. What a psycho! Yeah. What do they do? Uh, <laughs> they just stare stare at a wall, thinking. I don't know what they do. You if anyone's music. listening to this, if anyone's listening to this, and you you're one of those people that doesn't like music, drop me a line because I want to yeah. talk to you. They I should be a, they should be a guest. They need to be a guest on this. Find out what went wrong in their lives. Was <laughs> Maybe it they being were a baby in the yeah. mobile? They just like this is shit. Never abused again. by an orchestra or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know, man. It's a, it, back when I met, I can't even remember. It was someone I used to work with, and I just, I was putting on a radio station, and they went, "Oh, can you not?" And I went, "Oh, what? Sorry, do you not want?" I mean, I just don't don't like music. Can you not? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, can you not put on any music? Don't. You doing that? Huh? I remember you coming home after that journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember how upset you were. Oh, that was later on. That was a yeah. It was, I can't remember who that was. I was in the Jason's talk about. I got in from a gig and I'd given some of the lift, and uh, I had had music on, and they just they didn't want it on. <laughs> and I went, I, I said, you could put on what you like. They went, no, I'm not bothered. It's funny when people get. Have you ever been with someone who hates your music? He said, I don't like music, and apparently you went silent. This is a three way now. I don't. I get it if you if someone says I don't like your music. Like, no, but, you, like, yeah. yeah. But no, it's still quite hurtful though. I get that a lot. If you put something on, they're like, nah, this is shit. You're like, no, you don't understand. It's good. No, 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 it's shit. That's yeah, it's that. I, I know someone else that says, they go, they, I'll put an album on, they go, this is shit, they're shit. And you go, they're, this isn't, it's not, you might not like it, but it's not shit. I love music and I don't understand people that don't. And I, that's on me. That I'm sure there's a valid reason. 
You can like not, you can not like certain genres. I know people that don't like rap. I know people that don't like rock. I know people that don't like, and, you know, a lot of things, but. Yeah. I so liked, I, I get inspired by, like with comedy, I kind of get inspired by good music and shit music. I actually sometimes will actively seek music that is shit, like objectively <laughs> shit. Like I love 90s pop music. I like listening to bad old grime sets and like, because I can find inspiration from things that aren't necessarily perfect. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Same like with that, comedy. Though. You might learn something. Like, I like watching a bad comedian, not bomb, but just be shit. Because it's like, <laughs> okay, you can pick up on some things that you might be doing yourself that make this person unlikable and this material hack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you can, you can learn, well, as it's been said many times, you can learn, you learn more from the shit gigs than you do from the good ones. Definitely. And yeah. like I saw when I, we, I saw you at the Chappelle concert, you saw him, we were at the same one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, he was good, but like, what can you really learn from watching Chappelle for an hour? Not much. You can enjoy it for what it is, but yeah. I think you can learn from someone terrible. So what I'm saying is terrible comedians are more influential than Dave Chappelle. <laughs> that's going to be the That concert was attack. crazy. Yeah. That it concert was, was crazy. It? it was so, the thing that was interesting was how uh, the hype was built for Dave. Like they made us stand up to give him a standing ovation as he walked on. <laughs> yeah. And also, do you remember the uh, the hoodies that he was selling? Yeah. Well, I did a tweet about it. And they're like, what was it? 500 quid? Yeah, something <laughs> like that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, really, really, really staying true to your roots there, Dave, with your 500 pound hoodies. <laughs> it's mad. I'll tell, you what, cool. I'll tell you what was cool though. Because I, I was there with someone I'd literally met the night before. Me and, uh, he's a friend of a friend. And there'd been some confusion with tickets and he and I ended up going together. And then we get there and then the, in front of us, there's uh, some other comics. That, so I walked in and they're all like, oh, Rich, Rich, how's it going? I'm like, hey, how's it going? Good to see you, good to see you, good to see you. And he looked at me like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. doesn't matter who I am, man. Doesn't matter who I am. You just take a seat, you all right? You're with, you're with, <laughs> you're with our Will Stock. <laughs> And it, it, yeah, that was good. But it was, I enjoyed it. I liked. I I thought Dave was great. Yeah, he was. Call him Dave now. Not even Chappelle. Dave. Call him Dave. I oh, mate Dave. <laughs> That's my guy. I would love to gig with him one day. He's on the list. I don't know if it will ever happen. It would Elusive be, man. He's a he's a very. I love. I love that that kind of comedy. You know that. It just yeah just I can't. It's not even observational, is it? It is. It's just effortless. Effortless, yeah. He's got soul. He's got pure soul. Yeah, man. I love that. And he's not scared. He just says, because he, he trusts his opinion. He trusts himself to know that what he's actually saying isn't offensive. It's mm. actually well thought, thought out and he does care about people, but people misunderstand sometimes. Yeah. That is, that is it. You never, you never think he's being hateful, even when he's saying some crazy shit. Like yeah, you never know. It's not coming from a from a bad place, and that's the problem with a lot of things now. None of us are allowed to say anything. We, we can't. People don't trust the the intent. They can't. If you're questioning anything, they kind of go, "Why? Why? Why? You you should just be agreeing." You go, no, no, I don't not agree. I'm just I'm just asking a few questions about it. And yeah, well, I know. like to be on the fence about everything. I don't want to. I don't want to like. I try to be non-offensive. I never set out to upset or offend anyone ever mm, same but if they if they do like i'm sorry but it's never ever my intention even i don't know with this like 
the things I write or produce. That's why I, I think people need a bit more compassion. Yeah, we're, we're definitely missing about missing that empathy, compassion. But especially online, I never had a yeah. shitstorm online. I piped up maybe about anti-Semitism stuff, and that was horrific and horrible to wade into, and really unpleasant. But like, I think most people, particularly online, they just want to have a bit little feeding frenzy and move on because it's a yeah, bit of a yeah, rush, yeah. like electronic fox hunting or something, you know? Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. What did you make of all that with the Labour Party? I didn't see. I didn't really. I didn't look into it to be honest, but. I just kept seeing all that stuff, like you know. Jerry what did Corbyn I make of and, it yeah. with the Labour Party? Well, I think some of it's still going. It's basically classic anti-Semitism, just repackaged and mm. repurposed. And Corbyn specifically himself, I don't know whether he's a an anti-Semite. What I do know is he mixed with some dodgy people. He said some dodgy things, and he was he didn't hold himself accountable to it. No. And other people in his party were probably more so towards that side. And because everybody wanted this new Labour government and everything, they became sort of cult-like and they refused to listen to other opinions. And the Jews were accused of being conspiratorial. Oh, they're all secret Tories or, you know, pipe down, this is too important for you to get involved in all this kind of stuff. And it just created a an environment that was really hostile. I didn't I wasn't welcome in that place. I didn't want anything to do with that shit. No. You know, that's how I felt. And when I spoke up about it, I was told to pipe down or I'm making really? it up. I lost friends over it because I'm trying to say this, things that he's saying are wrong and they're making me and people I know feel a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can feel it. We can sense it. And he's like, no, you're wrong. Give me examples. And I'm like, all right, I'll give you examples. X, Y, Z. And like, no, that's not, a, that's not an example that satisfies me. Give me another example. And all this sort of emotional wow. labor you do to present people with how you're feeling and then they like discount it. And that's what we had for a few years and we were very concerned. And uh, like the thing is, I never wanted to be outspoken about shit like that. I just want to do dick jokes and fucking mm. rap songs. I don't really care. But uh, the hypocrisy is what I didn't like because yeah. everybody's quick to call out all other things as they should. Yeah. But there was a bit of a blind spot with this because it overlapped with a few other things that people prioritized. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get what you mean. People were more, like you say, they were more like, we just want a Labour government. Uh, we don't have to worry about it. No, it's not It's not real anti-Semitism. It's just, it's only oh, just a little bit of, you know, yeah. cuddly anti-Semitism. And you're like, well, it's, it's not, is it? It all leads one way and uh, it, it fucks with your head, man. It's It's really... It's really unpleasant. I had to, when mm. I was involved in these things, I had to take time out because it just, it takes up your, your mind space. You know, it's like, like yeah, any yeah, form yeah. of uh, bigotry or discrimination. It's just unpleasant. It's wasted energy. Yeah. You know? And the people that do it, I don't think many of them are bad people. That's really the danger of it. They probably were acting in good faith in their mm. mind, but they don't realize that someone on the end is dealing with this in real life. And, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. paranoid about what's next. Yes. So a bit of empathy is needed. You know, I try like, I try and do it with all kinds of things. I never really knew much about trans people at all. And then I, I met some recently and, and spoke to them and learned a bit about, and it's a similar thing, like just accept that people have different uh, outlooks to you and, mm. you know, respect it and try and, uh, understand a bit more it's not it's not difficult stuff but sometimes it just needs to be said
Yeah. Well, that's what that, I've, this has been come up. This has come up here on, on this podcast a lot. Is that communication is key. Talking to each other is key. Yeah. People and Twitter for that very reason is the worst place on on earth because is, you yeah. can't talk. You just shout something. Yep. If it's wrong, you get quote tweeted and everyone shits on you for a few hours and then they move on. And that's like with anti-Semitism specifically. What's interesting on Twitter is you can only you can be anti-Semitic in a tweet but it might take a few more tweets from someone else to explain why that was kind of offensive, by which mm. point everyone's moved on. No one gives a fuck, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of quite a unique uh, thing in that way. Is this something that you've had to deal with a lot growing up? I wouldn't say growing up, I've dealt with it like, and it's been a huge, horrible factor in my life. No, but there's been plenty of th- little things over the years that I've been aware of and we've always had it ingrained in us that it's something to be aware of on the periphery there are people out there who will will hate you for no reason or who will think certain ways about you Mm. and like in my experience i've been pretty sheltered from it i didn't experience too much the odd joke things being said you know blah 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 but as i got older it might have increased more when you're on the internet and people's speech is not regulated you can really see you know some some of the venom people think out in the open mm. and then it gets to places in politics and then you're like oh this isn't this isn't very good this isn't a good place and then specifically in the comedy industry i've i've, I've experienced certainly i've experienced things like that um really? you know like anti-semitic heckles that were just sort of laughed off and i've spoken to people in green rooms that have said mad shit crazy shit that yeah. you just have to accept because we're all so different and we're coming from different places mixing together and that's why there, there's so many dodgy sex creeps in comedy as well there's no hr department in comedy no, no. one to take it up with you just gotta like take each person as they are and sort of deal with them you know yeah true very so true. with that and i never i never want to pick a fight with my my colleagues over shit like that i just have to let it go but yeah. on the whole it's not been like you know, not shocking, but I don't want to. I don't want to have to wait for it to get to that point. No, it's like people online who talk about snowflakes and they say things like, you know, those soldiers, those soldiers in World War Two didn't complain about their anxiety. They just, you know, they just got on with it. And it's like, yeah, your emotional barometer is only activated when someone experiences trench warfare. It says a lot about you. <laughs> Does it really have to get to that point? before yeah. you start caring about someone. Well, that's <laughs> what know? it is, isn't it? It's that, it's because it's, like you say, it's on the periphery. And it's so uh, it, the fact that you've been brought up to just be aware, which is insane, that you have to be in, you have to have that mindset, you know? That's something I've never had to experience growing up. I, I, I talk about privilege a lot. And it's only been the last few years I've sort of realised what that, what privilege actually means, you know? Yeah. So I've never. Privilege is an interesting one as well because I think I'm privileged in some ways and like not privileged in others. But that's another thing to not get too carried away with. Yeah. Like because it's all a spectrum, you know. You 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 would have experienced things that I have no insight in and I can learn from. I wouldn't just discount you as privileged such and such. It's I think it's bullshit. I don't like. I want to try and unify people and not make it more divided if I can. Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to divide people. And say you're what, you're yeah. this. This is your lived experience. You're this. this you know. Yeah. And there, that, that is yeah. A, that is valid to some extent, but there's more that unites us than doesn't. 
Absolutely. And that's what we're missing now. That's why we should be not screaming at each other on Twitter. We should be doing this, having these conversations and finding out about asking questions. You know, I, I like you, you mentioned trans people before. I've, I hadn't really had much experience with, with, in, in, with trans people in my life. I'd met, I'd met one or two people that were trans, but it's, and only through doing this podcast, I've, I've gone, all right, well, let's ask some questions. Let's find out. Mm. And, and it's been, incredibly enlightening and that's what needs to happen people just need to talk to each other a bit more because i i i yeah, I, again, sure. I, I want people to come together i don't want this it feels like we're being divided on purpose yeah the trans uh, you know. uh, debate with people is a really good example it's sort of similar to the anti-semitism thing to some extent because what it is with, with trans people is they form such a such a small minority yeah they don't actually have a large group of people to speak out for them they speak out about themselves and they have people with good intentions, but then the rest of the 99% of people who aren't have their very vocal opinions on it. And maybe they shouldn't like, yeah. cause they don't fucking know what they're talking about. Yeah, you're right. But then all of a sudden 99% of people have mad opinions on what trans people should be doing, what they should be saying. And it's like the trans community is minuscule. So maybe yeah, you should yeah, just yeah. pipe down a little bit. <laughs> and it's like it's the same with it's the same with Jews, you know. Like we're only in England, we're tiny. But then when all this shit with Corbyn was happening, all of a sudden we were under the spotlight. Yeah. And then when the shit with Wiley happened, we we're under a spotlight. We don't really want to be there. We just want to live and be normal. And that's when it's very stressful and uh, not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone just wants to. No, no one wants special treatment. Everyone just wants to live their life and do what they do. But when things put communities under a spotlight, it's very stressful for all involved. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And you've hit the nail on the head. It is that. It isn't about we want more or we want to be better or we want to be higher up the chain or whatever. We just want to be able to live our lives. And that's the same yeah. with everybody. That's the same across the board with everybody. I don't know why. I don't know why we're, we're I don't know why that's a problem to anybody. You know? I think but, it's because. Like back because everyone lives online as well. I think the online discourse is one of sort of snarkiness. That's why I don't think I've been very good on Twitter and stuff because I think what prevails is a snarkiness and a mean streak rather than being pleasant. If you're nice to everyone on Twitter, you probably won't go very far. If you have all these hot takes and like put downs and pylons on people, you're probably going to have a healthy career on Twitter and a lot of social media, which is a shame. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't go on there very often. I might make it, I've said this before. I might make a comment about something and then I'll just get shot down within five seconds. <laughs> like, oh, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. And I'm like, oh God. All right. And I'll really? just delete. Yeah. I'll just delete it. And then, yeah. Yeah. I delete a lot not, of stuff yeah. I put up instantly. <laughs> instantly. I put up something and I just delete it. Have zero conviction on my Twitter output. I'm the same. I'll go. Oh, oh that's quite funny, and I put it out, and then oh, oh, no, this is shit. This is shit, and I bottle it and take it down again. I'm just a nice yeah, guy. I don't know how much this has nice. been. I don't know how much has been spoken about, but like, I think social media is like should be illegal. I think it's well, like it the comes smoking up a lot. of this generation. <laughs> this generation, like, it's, it's like big tobacco from the '70s. Like, my mental health and my general happiness is attributed so much to meaningless shit online. It's terrifying. Oh man, like same. Instagram. Yeah. I'll put on a picture and I'll just be, and my, I'll spend hours just looking at the algorithms, what they've decided to 
reward me with serotonin wise just for some pictures <laughs> fucking insignificant it how did it get lot, to man. this rich it comes up it comes up a lot man it, on here it's yeah and it and i i so twitter i don't really i don't really fuck with if i can i'll 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 publicize the podcast i don't really get involved in anything else otherwise because i just get it i feel i get it wrong <laughs> no and i'm not i'm not cut out for it but you know i love instagram i love instagram actually as is it's, it's <laughs> yeah i just put pictures up and look at other people's pictures and yeah yeah well i, do, oh, I liked instagram uh, when I, I muted everyone and then i liked it <laughs> muted everybody when you have a baby muted married muted <laughs> bought a house muted comedian doing well muted and now all i basically had, and i had to i muted all i followed attractive women for a time and then i realized that's toxic muted so it's just <laughs> meme pages now yeah right okay well, well do you know what that's what you got to do if it if it helps your head you got to do it, mate. I mean, Jade's Jade's block um, Jade's mute list of words on Twitter is is extraordinary. She's more or less blocked, like, uh, muted every word, <laughs> just everything. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. All that. It's just she's just muted right. them all. Yeah, yeah. I've muted all football stuff. So, are you not into not, football? No, not interested, mate. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, I hate football. I hate football. I find it. I, do you I, hate I, it? Yeah, I hate it. I hate the way it, and no disrespect to anyone listening, but I hate the way that it dominates everything. The importance is placed <laughs> on it. I find this so surprising. Everyone you does. like a football guy. I have that. Yeah, I, I hate have football. That I, wish I, I wish I liked it because everyone's so into it, all the games and everything, but I could not give a toss. I've been no. dragged to so many football matches as well. It's so dull. Oh, man. <laughs> I know about so... four players as well. Well, just... I said it's just one of those things. Like I was said to these to a gig last night. Uh, these guys were a bit being a, a bit laddie, and and they and I talked about football, and I went, well, I don't like football anyway, and they were like, Bleh. I went, what are you talking about? You like, well, oh, I don't like that team because they're they're not my, they're not my favourite colour. Oh, and I don't like all those players. And then your team later on will buy one of those players. And go, oh, we like him now. You know, mm. like, what? You, this is all shit. This is playground stuff. But I'll it's probably all backwards, get... like the. The kits are so expensive, yeah. As well, like well, to be a fan, the season tickets are so expensive. It just seems like corrupt and bizarre. We should have what answer. should what I think what what um what because it should be people that we admire, like nurses and doctors and people like that. So I think maybe nurses yeah. and do- we should turn that into like a like like a sports thing and have like a yeah you know like have your the, the top 10 doctors or whatever and and or, and they get See, to that sell, I'd watch they get to sell a kit like so you get a, a kit of your favorite nurse that that kids yeah. can wear and you know that with the name on the back and yeah that's yeah. how, that's how well, and then nurses and doctors and people like that will make some money Defo, I was I was going to say when lockdown happened, I became a football fan briefly because I really liked it when they banned all the games and then they had to continue having commentators oh, yeah, just yeah, speculating yeah. on nothing. I quite <laughs> like that. That was quite entertaining. I think for, I would watch football if they sort of reduced all the fees, all the big big wages, and like gave them like what they used to get in the old days, like sixpence a week or something. <laughs> and then they have to play on all those muddy fields. I'd watch that. That'd be That's quite it. Cool. Oh, that was but some football. football yeah, proper football. Proper football. I've played. I um, I've changed. I'm less jaded about football. Some footballers are all right. Like I like this Michael Rashford character. He's oh, this guy, yeah, yeah. and I like Marcus. Yeah, Marcus Rashford. Sorry. And um, <laughs> who's the dude? Who's the dude that had the machine gun tattoo? 
Oh my god, I don't know. And like Piers Morgan was like saying, "This guy's, this guy's a, not a icon, not a role model." But then he turns out that he was like a complete legend, absolute legend. <laughs> I'm asking you, like you would know. You don't know anything about football. Either. I don't know. Do you know what? And I, I'm sorry that I've been so vocal. I don't. Do you know what? I don't hate. No, is it's a great. Strong that, it's word. I don't hate great that you're vocal. It, yeah, it just. I, I, I used it. to live. I used to live near Charlton Football Ground, and I'm so a, I'm, hmm. I'm on the Google over here. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling. Yeah. I, oh, this is the yeah. third complete football dunce of this group. I can't. I have not the first idea. So no. Hopefully, yeah. all that is correct. <laughs> I'm so sorry to anyone listening that's into yeah. their football. This is this is uh, not been for you, unfortunately. <laughs> I uh, I used to like, live I like Charlton. it. Yeah. 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 I like the I like the passion and it's the sense of community. But as someone who doesn't like football. For 95% of male-dominated conversations, I'm discounted out of it. Same. Like when you start a new job and they say, what, what team, you see the football, you see the match? No, I don't see the match. Oh, all right. But you still yeah, get I'm told done. about it though, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get told about it. Still oh, get yeah. told. I remember being on, uh, being, I was supporting a, a known comedian and uh, and he was watching, he was watching the, I don't know if it was the Euros or something like that. And I tried to join in and I, I think I just gave him the ump. Because I just, he just was, he just knew. I think it annoyed him that I didn't like football. And yeah, then, the people does yeah, want it. People don't yeah. trust you. No, English, they you don't. don't yeah. Why? <laughs> what happened to you? That's exactly it. They don't trust you. They well, don't, I don't trust really you. Like, I don't really like any sport, really, though. I like, I like, I like someone took me to Wimbledon once and I got to see Serena Williams play. That was amazing. Oh yeah, amazing! I quite like boxing. I like solo sports where you don't have to rely on a team. I like yeah. boxing, tennis is all right. That's about it. I kind of look at clips of stuff. I don't really get involved. But I could say I'm yeah. more about my music. I love. I could watch. I Beat sit- volleyball. <laughs> I like volleyball. I like playing it and I like watching it. But yeah, I like the way they've. I like the way they've Americanized darts. Like they've made it really. Exciting oh, and yeah, 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 and it's all, it's all explosions. It's like the 2020, the cricket at Lords. It's all explosions and flashing lights, and which makes me laugh. When it, when it used to be just like just a couple of fat blokes in a pub drinking proper proper pints of beer, as it should smoking. be. <laughs> real man stuff. It's real Definitely. man stuff. So darts is great. Darts, is great. darts is great. Actually. I'm so bad at darts. I'm terrible. Me too. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, like pool. I, you know. Is pool a sport? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I like pool. Are you, are you good at it? <laughs> no, no. I always think I am. I'll have a couple of. I think I have a couple. I have a burst when I first get on the table and I'm knocking them down. I'm like, oh, I'm really good at this, and then it just all goes to pot. I think what it is with pool is you look. No matter how shit you are, you look like you're a professional pool player while you're mm, yes. preparing the shots, you know, angling things up. I always feel like Paul Newman when I'm playing pool. Right. You know? Yeah, because he was in that film, uh, The Colour the of Money. Uh, yeah, pool film. Uh, that, was it called The Hustler or something like that? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And, uh, nice. yeah. And so I always feel like him. I feel cool, but I don't look yeah. like him. I look like a lorry driver playing pool in a pub. Is what I look like. No disrespect to lorry drivers. 
Um, How many no disrespects have we had to do this episode? I have to. No disrespect to football fans. No disrespect to trans people. (laughs) No disrespect to the Jewish community. No. You have to say this now, Joe. You have to. You have to. You have to do it. You have to say it. It's it's a shame. They can't can't rely on just your words and your tone. You have to actually say, Mm. "I'm not being disrespectful." Yeah, good. I wasn't either. I don't think I've said anything libelous. No. I spoke about my stepmother at the start, but she could fuck herself. (laughs) Oh, man, we could have done another hour on Earth. Christ. Well, we'll we'll do that next time when your dad's out of the woods. Oh, man, I would love to give you an update on that because things are rough right now. We're facing bankruptcy, all sorts. You're kidding. Yeah, it's really, really bad. And then that was, it was bad before COVID, and now Christ knows what's going to happen. Oh, God. you know what? We just got to keep our head up, keep going. Yeah, that's right, man. That's that's very true, and I think that's what we, we all have to do: is just not let it get us down. You know, Indeed. it's uh, well. This has been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on, man. My pleasure. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, dude, it's been a pleasure. Where can we find you online? Funnily enough, come find me. Come find me. I'm at Jester Jacobs on Instagram. Subscribe to my mailing list at joejacobs.website. And I would love if anyone listening to this would subscribe to my YouTube because I've got an album coming out hopefully this year, by the end of the year, called oh, yeah. Grimefulness. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll put a link up and stuff like that later on when that all comes out. So it'll all be connected to this when that comes out. So brilliant. All Joe. Right, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, my man. You take care and I'll speak to you soon. You too, in a bit. Peace. Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv. 